2020 threw many of us for some hoops and loops, but nothing at all caught the Most High God off guard. I want to spend some time reviewing some prophecies, revelations, and insights the Father gave me personally that began in 2019 and lasted throughout the year of 2020. I'm breaking this into three different segments since it'll be a review of multiple episodes recorded over the course of one year's worth of Revelation. So you're listening to the first of three segments. Strong's 5780 is to be connected with Strong's 5779. Strong's 5779 means to take counsel or advice, to consult. If we were to place 5780 in order directly after 5779 as it is, 79 is before 80, and 80 follows 79, then 5780 takes on the meaning of to saturate with counsel, or to be full of counsel, or to be full of advice, or alive with counsel, or counsel that has germinated. The picture both of these years combined give is like a wood or woods of counsel. Woods are a thick area of trees where there is a lot of shade from the sun and there is no undergrowth. It is not as expansive as a forest where trees grow. Instead, it is an expanse itself of trees, grove, and orchids and the such. Some animals found in woods are jaguars, raccoons, woodpeckers, lynxes, deer, brown bears, owls, cardinals, blue jays, hawks, so on and so forth. Now, why is that important? Because these primary animals are solitary. And from this revelation, we can gather these next things about 2020. 2020 was meant to be a year where we were to be hidden in the shade of Almighty God, just like in a wooded area or in woods, there is little to no room for sun. Now, the sun does shine in woods, but because the grove is so tightly knit and thick, the sun is not as popular or the sun is not as prominent, rather, excuse me about popular, as it would be in other areas. 2020 was meant to be a year where we were safe in the pavilion of Most High God from the scourging and scorching sun. 2020 was meant to be a year of rest. 2020 was meant to be a year of oneness in God where we were separated from among others, systems, things, and fully present with and in him. It was to be locked away in him for what is next. And finally, 2020 was a year to reject our own wisdom and manners of life and live in the thick counsel of Most High God. Now, many prophetic voices voiced that 2020 was the year of the mouth and to open the mouths wide. Well, that was a wide open statement and many, in fact, opened their mouths and opened them so wide to their own disservice and destruction. 2020 has taught us all a lot of things. 
For me personally, living where I live and the conditions in which I live, with the addition of 2020's burdens, I learned that God is not a respecter of persons. He reigns on the just as well as the unjust. Where I live and have been called for some time, I have had to come with grips with who God has created me to be. A being of mercy who expresses the heart and mercy of God. With that mandate is also the other side, which is shunning biases. You know, sometimes when we're merciful or we're emotional or we have such a compassionate heart or we're empaths or empathic people, we can begin to be ruled by biases. And God is not a respecter of persons. And I had to learn that. Because within this gift that he's given me and within being merciful, there's impartiality. And there's also shunning biases, remaining impartial. God himself is impartial. And because he is impartial, his eyes are not only on his sons and daughters, but all of his creation and his created order, not just us. You know, I am often reminded about the scripture in Deuteronomy. It's in six and eight where God reminds Israel by way of Moses, you are not the greatest nation. You're not the strongest nation. You're not the biggest nation. Hold up. (laughs) Israel came out of Egypt in droves of millions. I mean, we go all the way back to Genesis the Israelites couldn't stop populating or procreating or, 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 or being spread or being expansive because that's in the blood of the Israelites. But what God was doing in that moment through his prophet Moses telling his people in Deuteronomy was stop thinking of yourself as more than you truly are. And We have to understand as sons of God, as Christians, however you identify yourself, a follower of Jesus, a follower of the way, it is not all about you. Oftentimes, the church has had this better than you attitude, whether or not if we recognize it or want to admit it, we have had that attitude. Something I am always forthright with saying is by a very highly acclaimed prophetic voice in this nation of the United States of America and worldwide, he's renowned, he makes the comment that the only difference between him and a warlock is Holy Spirit. So I say to you, those of you who are sons of God, the only difference between you and a non-believer or an unbeliever is that Holy Spirit is in you. That means any struggle, that unbelievers struggle with, the flesh, you also have those same struggles. You just have a seal of approval and you have a strength in undergirding, a pull towards the higher mark, the higher calling, which is Christ Jesus, than the fulfillment of the flesh. However, some of us act like we don't have any sense and we act worse than some unbelievers. This is rooted in what is called the religious spirit. The most relatable example that we could give you about what the religious spirit is, is found with the Pharisees. Now, it is not the only 
example, but I'm saying it's one of the most relatable examples. The Pharisees thought they were the subject matter experts on everything religion and no other person or entity outside of their sect, S-E-C-T, was right with the exception of the other sects bound by the religious spirit like the Pharisees and the scribes. During that time, no one could speak on religion or things regarding Most High God besides the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes. This is why they couldn't receive the Son of God. Therefore, they were rejected. They rejected him who was the living truth. The point here is that whether if we are saved or not, all human beings, regardless of the lifeblood coursing through the veins of the saved, we are all still in a fallen state, in a desperately fallen world. We will all fall short until we are 100% in our glorified nature as the Son who is next to the Father is. The Pharisees couldn't see that not only their denial of the living truth incarnated as a man was both the new thing, key indicator, and the fulfillment of the prophets and the law of old, but they also failed to realize that the very truth they so aptly stood on and were deceived and deceived others into believing that they lived, they were not living it. Let me repeat that again because it was a lot. The Pharisees were hypocrites. Their being bound to a religious spirit blinded them so much so that they thought because they stood on religion and they stood on the law that what was ever akin to the flesh nature was not to be merged or joined or associated with them. They thought they were above it. They thought they were beyond it. They thought that they were above reproach, that it was not applicable to them. They thought that just they were the only ones who had any form of salvation and no one else would get any form of salvation. And that's why Yeshua came to disprove them that it ain't just for you. And in fact, it's not even for you because you're sons of your true father, not sons of the true father. There's a difference. Your true father, Pharisees, versus the true father. So God had to address it. However, when we read in the Gospels, God didn't address it the way that we, sons of God, usually tend to address fallacies or when somebody's being hypocritical or when someone's lying. Usually we address it by hurling truth, by hurling scripture, by doing more harm than good. Here's what God did. God addressed the religious spirit by doing what the religious spirit cannot ever do. Miracles that were verifiable, miracles that were rooted in godliness from the throne of father, from his armory, from his war room, from his secret place, from his council room. And these miracles that were verifiable, these miracles that were rooted in God, Yahweh, by way of Holy Spirit, were administered by ordinary, everyday men and women. Wow. 
We'll discuss this more later in another episode. Because you see, the Pharisees thought that they were the ruling voice in the land regarding religion. So when the disciples stepped on the scene, and and let me say this, before the disciples of Jesus were the disciples of John the Baptist and John the Baptist himself. He was already on the scene pre-Jesus. Remember, the purpose of John the Baptist was to be a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the risen, the coming one. So yeah, he had already been doing the stuff. And the Pharisees did not acknowledge John the Baptist and John the Baptist's disciples. They didn't acknowledge Jesus and Jesus' disciples. They thought they were cuckoo and crazy. However, they could not refute the signs and wonders produced by the Holy Spirit. Now, what God did this year was not simply expose or confront evil spirits in the Christian sense. Rather, he exposed and caused his sons and daughters to come to face to face with the evil in us. Ouch. I've mentioned this for years and years. From Genesis to Revelation, God always starts with his people first. Always. Open up a Bible again and start to read. It was a time, 2020, that is meant for revolution and to switch things up. We talk about all this stuff. We prophesy about this stuff. We declare, we announce, we sing, we will, we fast, we intercede. I mean, we just flip all up and and down and, and bop down the boulevard and go from place to place saying these things. But when it's time and it's here, we miss it. Not all of us, but some of us. We miss it. Many of us are anxious and we devise schemes from our own wells that don't originate from the divine streams. One prophecy I have held true to as being accurate that was prophesied in 2019, because remember, if you've been following me or you know me, I don't listen to everyone's prophecies. We'll talk about that later on in another episode. One prophecy that came forth from 2019 stated that 2020 was a year of reset. That's a true prophecy. Whether if you believed it or you believe it, it happened. You're living it. If you are still alive and you're listening to this, you don't have to listen to it. You're alive. You're living a reset. God reset the whole system, structure, and order in which all of us have been doing things for years, and we cannot return to what has been that includes the sons of God. I ministered to a group in Houston, Texas back in August of this year, and I was sharing with them that we were on, all of us, I'm speaking of the sons of God right now, we were on such a path, a trajectory, where we thought we were doing right, and had not this divine reset happened, we would have continued on the course we thought we should have been on by our own devising, our own schemes, and we would have fallen off of a cliff and headed to our doom. And we wouldn't have known it. 
but by the grace of Yahweh, by the grace of God, by the mercy of him, the tender mercies of our loving father, the redemption of the son, the power of the Holy Ghost. We have been reordered and placed back in divine alignment. We've been reset. And let me tell you something. I don't know about you, but I myself needed it. So instead of moving into this new, remember I said that's a key indicating word, moving into this new revolution, this new way of doing things that God himself allowed, many of the sons of God, this is what they did. This is what they're still doing. They opened their mouths wide, shouting and hurling around truth to injure people like fools. We were supposed to be hidden in the woods of counsel so that we could be filled with wisdom so that when we spoke and speak still in 2020, our words are the words of Abba. And the word says in Isaiah that his words never return void. They always accomplish their purpose. You see, when you begin to open up your mouth, mouth, and, and declare a thing and decree a thing, they're supposed to be creation or, or formation from what you're saying. We see this back in Genesis. We see it codified in Job, meaning God gave it a name. God gave it an institution in Job 22. But it began back in Genesis. And we have to understand, now I know that Sometimes we got to keep speaking and keep decreeing. But what we have to understand is when we're positioned to decree a thing, to declare a thing and to prophesy, it is supposed to manifest and take its course. And we've made such a mess of the true nature and character of what it means to be sons of God in this year, in this nation of the United States of America. And if you're from another nation, which I do have other nations listening and tuning in to this podcast, thank you for tuning in other nations. I appreciate it. I want to repent before you and I want to apologize and humble myself before you being a citizen born and raised in this nation as a child and a son of most high God. We have not represented to you the other nations, the true gift and purpose of our nation. I repent before you and I ask that you would accept and receive my apology on behalf of the sons and daughters of Most High God in this nation. We were not supposed to act in our own will. We were not supposed to act in our own flesh. We were not supposed to hurl out truth to cut and to destroy each other. It was always meant to be truth that covered a multitude of things, truth that exposed lies, but restored and built up. So Father, I decree right now by the power of the Holy Spirit, every form of soothsaying, every form of necromancy, every form of sorcery and witchcraft, Father, that your sons and daughters have hurled out of their mouths. Father, I ask for a divine turnaround and a resetting. And according to your word, a curse without a cause will never 
prosper. Father, I call all these curses to the ground to fall by the wayside now. And I ask, Father, like a boomerang, your sons and daughters will come face to face with who they have been this year and the things that they've done. And Father, I'm asking for a repentant heart. I'm asking for forgiveness for your sons and daughters in this nation. Father, I'm asking for us to be reinstituted as apostles. That's a key word. Father, that you would give us such great authority and power that has been taken away, that has been severed, that we've been disconnected from in society. That men and women will not be able to deny or refuse. We are the representation of the Most High God in the world. Now, Father, by the power of Holy Spirit, I ask and I prophesy that the prophetic is meant to restore and build up. So, Father, would you put in our mouths, would you put on our tongues, would you put on our lips, and would you create in our hearts the innocence that's in your heart, the love that's in your heart, the great desire for the nations that's in your heart, the great desire for transformation, reformation, and to be like you. Would you put that in the mouths of your sons and daughters to be positioned to speak restoration, transformation, wholeness, oneness, unity, and intimacy with the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Let us declare, decree, and speak that moving forward in Jesus' name. Now, I shared with you that we were supposed to be hidden in 2020. We were supposed to be woods of counsel where we soaked um, rather animals in the woods. <laughs> and animals are able to, to be not easily detected or seen. We were supposed to be like that in the council of Most High God, in the woods of the council of Most High God, extracting and receiving and being filled with and dispensing and releasing only what he said. Many of us didn't do that. Here's the biblical example of this for those who didn't do that. Revelation three fifteen through 19, the lukewarm church. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye self that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Now, there are so many nuggets and viewpoints of this one rebuke to the Laodicean church. I only want to extract the divine purposes of this topic from these verses given to this church. And the Father has allowed me to prepare seven points. The first, what Jesus was saying to them, your works are muddled with divinity and profanity. There's profanity with divinity. There's divinity with profanity. 
Number two, you are spiritually blinded by your own iniquity. Number three, you make allowances for your misbehaviors, which further strengthens the vice of deception around you. Number four, you are the exact opposite of what you proclaim and state you are. Number five, you've been counseling yourself and resolving within your own reservoir that you know what's best. Number six, for that very reason, you've become clothed with shame and disgrace. You no longer hold a position of authority and power you once held and had in society. And number seven, you refuse to receive correction and you refuse to repent and you have perverted the authenticity of my love. That, in a nutshell, is what Jesus was saying to the Laodicean church. We here in this nation of the United States, now this is worldwide, but because we're the first, and, and I'm going to talk about this a little later on, we have displayed this. We've been proud and haughty and we haven't acknowledged our ways. One of the key words Jesus states to this church is a word that was embedded within this year. Counsel. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 15 through 19, I counsel you to purchase from me. Remember, Strong's 5779 and Strong's 5780 combined together is a wooded area of counsel or woods of counsel. I've been explaining and expounding to you. This was supposed to be a year to shut up our flesh, our own way, our own will, our own thinking, our own ways. Rest, be hidden, speak and open your mouth with the wisdom and oracles of God because you are standing in the council room receiving his counsel. So many of us acted in the counsel of ourselves, our own will, our own mind, our own emotions of self rather than the counsel of Most High God. Therefore, when we sharpened our mouths to prophesy, it was lies, it was deceit, and it was demonic doctrine rather than the adherence to the counsel of Most High God so that we would know his will, his mind, his emotions, and be positioned to prophesy rightly, to restore, to rebuild, to redeem. Is this bearing witness with anyone? What we all were supposed to do was receive the counsel from Jesus and purchase the riches from his wisdom that we would be clothed. We would see and hear perfectly so that we could speak accurately and that we'd come into conviction of our own wrongs, confessing what's in us first before we lash out at others. You see, when Jesus called the 12 aside to him to come away with him, they had to deal with themselves first before they were ever professed by men before men as apostles. That's a word. Jesus knew who they were at some point in the journey. They knew who they were. 
Yet those three years of training and development with Jesus was critical for those men to get out of them that which could bind and restrict and blind them before they could go out and do the greater things than Jesus did. Do you remember? Jesus spent quite some time sojourning in the wilderness before he was released into ministry. Of course, nothing in him could be found wrong. However, to fulfill the prophets and the law and to submit his flesh to his spirit because he was part human, he had to go in the wilderness. Woods. <laughs> Is it connecting? I hope you're getting the picture. If 2020 didn't open our eyes to release some bondages, wounds, transgressions, strongholds, and iniquities within us, then we completely missed the point. We're no better than those bound by the religious spirit during Jesus's ministry period. And we will not, we will not, we will not be effective for the kingdom in the next nine years. 2020 was and is the crowning tipping point of the decade. So if you're one of the ones who missed it and you're still missing it, I don't know what Yah's plans are or aren't for you. I'm not going to pressure myself or anyone else into further fallacies that distance all humans from God's intimacy and truth by providing you with false hope and false doctrine spewing false grace. Now what I do know, those who were delivered from Egypt, who refused to shift once they were delivered, they were sifted in the wilderness. What I also know, when you cry out to God with a repentant heart, he is faithful and just to hear and forgive. Selah. To those who have stood faithfully during these times to overcome the obstacles set on our courses that distract and hinder us, even ones we ourselves created from our own rebellion taking different paths, if we have been humble and displayed godly sorrow, then when Jesus knocks on our doors, we allow him to enter. And when he enters, everything changes. There is an unparalleled moment created for you between you and the capital S-O-N. From time to time, all of us, especially in certain sects, S-E-C-T-S, like the Apostolic Prophetic Group or the Prayer Movement Christians, we all have fallen in between the lines, blurring self with the voice of God. We're all guilty of it. The objective, the point, the purpose is to allow the scales of self to be supernaturally surgically removed with the self of Jesus. And we go on with it. We move away from it. We don't return to it. If I may, allow me to offer you this counsel. There was one primary thing that was placed before all of us individually, nationally, by group, so on and so forth. That one thing is the thing that binds us. It causes us to act out of character. It's the thing that shuts us down. 
the thing that keeps us from true progression and transformation. That is the thing. That thing is what each and every single one of us must confess, repent of, and be transformed. On a national scale, this nation, the U.S. of A., the one thing is pride and arrogance combined. It's not a quote-unquote cute form of pride, whatever that means, because pride's not cute. It's not pride that makes you strong in the face of adversity or, or pride that causes you to stand out amongst a crowd. It's the pride that kills. It is the pride that causes you to fall. It is the pride that causes you from missing your destiny and being booted out of the presence of Most High God. God himself says, I am distant from the proud. I push them away. I don't know who they are, but I am near. I am close. I draw near. I come to the humble. The world watched as this nation was the first of all nations to wrestle with its one thing. I'm not sure how we did nationally. We'll see. On an individual level, many people noticed the shift in this nation and they responded accordingly and they will not be sifted. On the other hand, many are yet remaining steadfast in the old manna, their own way, being deceived by their own pride that their voice is what God is truly saying when in fact it is what they themselves are saying. That's called soothsaying. That's witchcraft. It's sorcery. There is more to be left to be unfolded in this decade for this nation and other nations. I believe because we are a covenant nation here in the U.S. of A., Yahweh will remember us and he will allow a window of opportunity to come so that we can come out of the thing that binds us all in this nation. Pride and independence. Selah.